Welcome to the Website Coach Podcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs and small business owners that want a winning website, one that attracts more visitors and helps them book more clients. I'm Marie Brown, a website designer and business strategist, and I'll be sharing simple and actionable tips to help you create a winning website. So let's get started. So welcome to another episode of the Website Coach Podcast. And this week, we have another guest interview for you. So I'm delighted to introduce Zoe Wong-Sam from Hepburn and Hughes. And Hepburn and Hughes is a family business which sells uh, online and they sell jewellery and cufflinks. So welcome very much to the podcast, Zoe. Hello, Marie. Thank you for having me on here. You're welcome. And can we start by, can you explain a bit about your business? Because although I have said you sell jewellery and cufflinks, you don't just sell any jewellery and cufflinks. So if you can explain a little bit about what your business does and um, how you got into it. Of course, yeah. And when it's a a family business, like you mentioned, um, I run it with my sister-in-law, Louise, and we took it over from my father when he retired about four years ago. So um, he very much wanted to keep the business in the family. And it's something that he he set up originally. He used to do craft shows selling um, jewellery and cufflinks. But his um, USP was he made cufflinks out of um, upcycled historical memorabilia, which sounds sort of a very long word, but it's he bought um, originally sort of pieces of Spitfire and HMS Victory, sort of so original pieces, and got them sort of cut down and set into um, cufflinks. And then from there, he sort of expanded his range into um, jewellery as well. So that, um, that is what we sell. And, you know, we like to think you can't find anything else like that out on the um, on the high street. I think it's amazing because... It, you know, these are hugely important things that you are using to make the jewellery from. Um, but a lot of people, they might be really interested in that and, and want a piece. But actually, it just sits on a shelf gathering dust. Whereas if you can wear it, you know, that's that's um, a brilliant exactly. way of showing off and using these pieces. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of the time they're bought sort of as sentimental gifts. So sometimes, especially the cufflinks. I don't think they always get worn, but people will think, right, what am I going to buy my dad, my grandfather? They're so hard to buy for. And, you know, they'll have, you know, that generation have, a, you know, quite a big interest in, say, the World War Two. So something made from a piece of Spitfire or Lancaster bomber, it sort of makes that ideal gift. Yeah. Um, and so, so yes, so it, it, it works for sure. Um, even, even through lockdown, people still bought cufflinks, which we were amazed about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must have been quite. That must have been pretty worrying when certainly, you know, was, people were yeah. not wearing the suits and the shirts. Although I guess it's you know people on Zoom were dressed from the neck to the waist. It's a good job you weren't selling any you know sort of suit trousers yes. or um, yeah. shoes, perhaps. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, I mean, and it, it worked. And I think as well through lockdown, people because um, you know they weren't seeing their family or close friends, so. You know, there there's a lot of gift buying for those people just to say, you know, we're still thinking about you and, you know, sorry, we can't see you this Christmas. Yeah. No. And this this episode is going to come out at a great time for anybody thinking about Christmas gifts as well. So we'll come on to how (laughs) we can find you a little bit later on. But it it intrigues me that you, you know, you've taken over this business from your father. And and 
and indeed you're working with another family member what was that like taking over from your father and has he let you get on with it or <laughs> <laughs> well it was it was a two-step approach so his business was split into um cufflinks which were the main part of the business and then jewelry and there was probably about a 70 30 split so initially he just gave us the jewelry almost just to test the waters to make sure we weren't going to totally mess up his um business so we, we ran that for probably about a year and we took the business much more online than he'd done. He did a lot of craft shows um, with my stepmother before she passed away. Um, but Lou and I, because we've got a young family, we couldn't, you know, we don't have the time at the weekends to be traveling up and down the country doing craft mm. shows. So we ran it predominantly online and it, you know, it really worked. And then about, yeah, about a year later, um, when we'd proved that we were capable of running a business um, he handed the cufflink side over to us um, and that was fine I mean you could tell he's one of those people he kept saying oh you don't want to do it like that I used to do it like this but after about six months he did just take a step back and um, you know let, let us get on with it because he could see that there was maybe you know sort of different ways of doing things um, and then I think we took over cufflinks the Christmas just before lockdown. So, um, you know, things would have had to have changed even if he was running it as well. So we had to yeah. sort of adapt, you know, like everyone else did, you know, adapt our business model a bit and um, sort of on our approach to things. So, and what's so it like? It's, it's great. What's it like working with, you know, somebody in partnership? Obviously, it's a family member, which complicates things perhaps a little bit more, but. <laughs> You know, I've always it's, been interested in how you work alongside somebody else. Do yeah, you I mean, specialise in your own areas? Exactly. Yes. I mean, we are. I mean, luckily, we got on really well. Um, we live geographically. We're different ends of the country. So Lou is in Derbyshire and I'm down in Kent. Um, but it just works very well because we've got different skill sets. So um, Louise is or, or was a um, an editor for a magazine. So she, I always say that she's the words mm-hmm. <laughs> and the sort of, and the, she's very good at sort of detail and, you know, sort of checking things when all the content is right before we put anything online. Whereas I, my background is in accounting. I was a finance director. So I'm used to sort of doing all the budgeting and planning and cash flow. So the two together just, just work. So we're not sort of treading on each other's toes. Yes. And I guess there's a whole load of other skills that between the two of you, you've had to learn as yes. you come into the business. Oh, completely. I mean, neither of us knew anything about e-commerce and social media. We didn't have a clue about. I mean, I had a Facebook account, but, you know, very rarely posted to it. So we've had to fully embrace social media and doing videos online and just putting ourselves out there, which took a while to get used to <laughs> yes I want to come on to about marketing your business but um before we did we talked you talked a little bit about lockdown and and also the fact that you brought the business very much online can you talk through some of those changes that you made to the business um since you've taken it over uh well when we took it over um we had a an account with or my father had sold through not in the high street so sort of the online marketplace and then also sort of a little bit through Etsy Um, but what we did is build our own website which gives us a lot more flexibility in 
how we market um, and who we market to and just control over you know, just basic things like inventory like on not in the high street they don't have inventory management system um so it's it's just things like that sort of behind the scenes that you know people won't necessarily see but it just makes for a smoother running um and also what we've done um i guess maybe because we're ladies and we like to wear jewelry we've expanded a lot of the um upcycled range so it was only sort of in um so for example cufflinks we only use spitfire for the cufflinks originally but now we've expanded that to do rings and pendants so there's a lot more jewelry made out of the, the sort of upcycled material um, which has worked really well so it's just you know think things like that that we've had to change and you know, during lockdown the the challenge was actually getting the material because we had to rely on buying things online. Whereas beforehand, you know, some things you want to sort of touch and feel and sort of know what exactly what you're getting. Um, so we spent a lot of time trawling eBay. <laughs> it's amazing what you can find on there. Um, so, it, yeah, it's just things like that, which, you know, have we've started doing that weren't necessarily sort of done, done before. Yeah. Um, and then also, obviously, the marketing through through um, social media. And and sort of coming on to the to the marketing, um, how do you market? I mean, I have seen you very active on LinkedIn and I certainly want to come on to that. But how do you find customers uh, now that you're 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 online rather than going to craft fairs? It's a combination. So for with and again, with, with our website, it does give us more scope. So we we pay for Google adverts um and we do do facebook ads but they don't work for us quite as well so, so across facebook and instagram um, and then a lot of it we rely on organic traffic mm-hmm. but then that's a whole other skill set that we've had to learn about the you know the seo and you know getting people to come to you know to be able to find us without um sort of clicking on adverts um i'm intrigued as to why google ads have worked rather than facebook ads I know it's strange. I mean, we, we we spend more on Google ads, but I think it's where the, the market is. Mm. Um, I think may, maybe with Facebook, sort of our ideal market, target market, maybe they're not on there. Uh, who knows? But we certainly get a much better return from, from Google ads. Yeah. Um, and can we talk a bit about the organic marketing because I, I say I, I've certainly seen you on LinkedIn is LinkedIn your primary platform for organic marketing um in, well in terms of the social um sites that we use um yes I probably hang out more on LinkedIn than I do on sort of Facebook or Instagram just because I find it works better for me and I like the way that link LinkedIn works for businesses because you you know you can have those conversations and you can talk to a huge audience whereas Facebook if you're using your Facebook business page you're very much only talking to those people that you know have sort of liked and followed your page um and LinkedIn is it not only brings us customers it brings us sort of I guess sort of collaborations and people you know like somebody the other week um contacted me about uh, offering some red arrow pieces oh, which wow. yeah. is amazing so now we're going to be making red arrow cufflinks and that's something that wouldn't have happened beforehand but 
I mean, it's, it's like anything. You have to just be, you have to be on there every day and very active and consistent. Um, you can't just post sort of once a week and hope for sort of a return on it. Yeah. And actually, I would, can you talk through that a little bit more? Because certainly I'm completely inconsistent in LinkedIn. I go for months, which I'm currently in at the moment, not posting anything. And then suddenly <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a bit of a go and then I'll get fed up with it and I'll stop again. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. being consistent on a platform like Instagram has worked really well for me. Exactly. And that's what, you know, where I've managed to get sales. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but as to, you know, what you have done on LinkedIn in order to get that traction. And I know it takes time, but for somebody who is maybe not succeeding on LinkedIn, what, what advice would you give them? Um, I think a lot of it, it is about being consistent. And when I, I think I started using it at the beginning of 2020 and I did a, a course with, um, there's a lady on Facebook called Helen Pritchard who runs courses for, for making LinkedIn work for you. And it was it's being being on there every day, but not only posting your own stuff. It's actually going and finding people that you want to sort of sort of engage with, and you know, you just form sort of friendships, I guess, through their posts. You comment on their posts. Um, I never really DM people. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just about keeping, I, I guess, making sure that you're visible out there. You you become sort of, I guess, sort of authoritative on your subject um, and I, I a lot of people think you know when I said oh I use LinkedIn but they said well you can't use that to sell products but the thing is you you can because it's just like any other business I think more so you know maybe than a few years ago uh, people are using it to for as more of a b2c platform rather than b2b yeah and um, and well it's people that are on there and people yeah, do buy things buy from people yeah but in terms of those connections that you make obviously in your case ultimately you're wanting to sell your pieces so how do you make the connections and how do you decide who you want to engage with in order to build up those kind of connections it's well obviously you can just go through the search engine and so I'll I'll do things like like stalk people I'll go and do things like you know search for you know people who are sort of um, pilots or you know if you follow the hashtag aviation I get a lot of people through there and then if you go and look on posts where people have used the hashtag aviation or they they are pilots or some sort of sort of affinity to that um, and then start engaging that's where I get a lot of um, sort of they become first connections mm-hmm. as it were um, so I get a lot of engagement there and then also when you just build up you know when you get sort of a, I guess a small circle of people it's that whole like know and trust thing then they will recommend you so the amount of times that I've said oh yeah you need to come you know speak to so-and-so in my network because they do you know they've flown planes or they might be able to help you in this area mm. And it it just works like that, but you have to keep at it. Yeah. And I guess, you know, when you're targeting people like that, it's not just necessarily the case that you want them to buy, but it's the fact that they are in a community of people who've got a similar interest and it's tapping oh, into I, that community, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, a lady the other day, and it's and it also, I guess the advice is, you know, if people don't always engage with your posts, don't panic because the amount of times people will buy from me 
and then they'll message me afterwards and say I saw your post on LinkedIn but they've never liked or commented on any posts and it's always sort of the lurkers and I had a lady the other week that did that she bought a couple of items from me and then it turns out that she um I think used to work for VA and she and we were selling some like Concord pendants and she said oh I've just forwarded your um websites to my sort of old sort of VA colleagues so it's things like that which just yeah work and you never know where the sort of the next opportunity is going to come from but it's yeah you just yeah. Have to sort of trust the process <laughs> yeah and I guess that's the thing isn't it you're sort of you're sort of mining all around and at some mm. point you will hit a seam and yeah. and and who knows where that will go and and what will what will come from it yeah. and in terms of the kind of posts that you do on LinkedIn I've, I've seen you on LinkedIn so I know the kind of posts you do which are not <laughs> certainly not all sales posts no uh, you don't can you I mean, explain? That's, yes, that's um, when, when I did the original training, we, there was sort of four pillars of posts. So one was a, um, a sales post, um, but obviously people don't want to see just sales, sales, sales all the time. One is, you know, sharing your reviews. So people, you know, sort of can see that, you know, if you've got five star reviews, I mean, again, for a product based business, that's easy because, you know, you get I think there's a higher volume. Yeah. Of reviews that come through it's quite you know it just takes a couple of seconds for people to go you know love this product and um, so you share those you do videos which I hated at first <laughs> that was a huge sort of sort of mindset shift for me and like the first time I did one I, I don't can't even remember how many takes I did and you know when you come out in a cold sweat and feel sick and think all those people going to see me and of course not many people you know the first video that you do your reach isn't going to be that big in any case so not many people will see it and then after a while you just get used to it and you know especially if you get a few comments you know sort of words of encouragement um and now I don't really think about doing them other than like I was saying before when we started recording remembering that I actually have to look like comb my hair and put a bit of makeup on yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to sell jewellery. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so videos is a big thing, but they do work. They, you know, and people love it. You know, I, I sort of show them the new products or um, sort of the stages to sort of making the product. So if I've just bought something like, you know, a new bit of, um, I don't know, I think when, when I bought the ZX Spectrum, um compute you know so I can do a video that show you know this is what I've bought and this is how we dismantle it and it's things like that people just like to see Mm. um yeah so videos is a big one if you can get over the fear I'd definitely use those um and then otherwise I'll just very often I'll just ramble on about what I've done that day and you can very often sort of just link in a bit to sort of something relating to your business um it's interesting because people are very afraid of video just going back to the video um and yet nobody the things that you worry about on your video are not the things that generally anybody even notices when it comes to the video people are not looking at your videos to be hypercritical they're looking at them because they're you know they're on a train or they're waiting for five minutes something and they're just scrolling through or sat on the sofa at night and they're just they're just being interested and entertained they're not actually 
you know, thinking, oh, no, she, she looks like she, you know, she's got bags under her eyes, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and pe- people don't, although one thing I've found recently, um, I've started adding auto captions. Yeah. Which I should have done that probably about two years ago, but I found an app which does it for free. Um, and it's fairly accurate. You can go in and edit out all the pauses and ums and ers. Um, so that's, I would, yeah, definitely recommend doing that because I think most people watch them, like you say, on trains or yeah. just when they're, I don't know, sitting somewhere waiting for something. Um, so, yeah, auto captions make a big difference. But, yeah, you don't have to always put your makeup on and get it word perfect or do 10 takes or anything like that. Yeah. But it's interesting talking to a, a lot of other people. Video is incredibly effective. And mm. you can do video, especially when you're starting out, which doesn't involve showing your face. So I guess if you've got a product based business, you can, True. for example, start by showing the products and it might be that they're in your hand or or something like that. And if you are, uh, you know, and you can go on if you're certainly a service based business to show you doing something rather than you speaking. And, and you can you can take small steps to build up yeah. to the talking to camera, which, yeah, it, it's terrifying at first. But like you say, Far fewer people watch it than you re- than you think are going to watch exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. And then, although you are very good at your reels, I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be a, a way off doing those. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I think initially, though, you feel very self conscious doing. And actually, now I really don't care. That's not entirely true. I do care, but I, I just want to have fun doing them. Yeah. So that's my aim with them: is to have fun and try and talk to people about something and rather than actually worrying about them being perfect it's they're never going to be perfect I could do 20 takes and they still wouldn't be perfect um and you can just waste so much time and when you think this is not going to be seen by that many people I'm just going to do it and if it gets seen by more people just look at it as a bonus and great yeah and it's very often those ones that you just do off the cuff you know and posts as well as videos where you just don't do any planning or thinking and they end up being the ones that you know sort of get the most engagement yeah absolutely and I think and you've got to have the volume before you start to do that the first one's almost certainly not going to be a hit you've got to post 10 to get a hit (laughs) and and accept that you know nine are not going to be hits but if you didn't post the 10 then you wouldn't get the hit at all so they're not all going to be hits Uh, and you know you've you've got to got to go for the for the volume I think that's really helpful actually maybe maybe I will try LinkedIn again after Christmas but you could do some I mean even the you know you could convert some of your reels into videos for for LinkedIn because it's amazing what you see on that people you can tell because it's got the the logo at the bottom people just use their TikTok videos yeah yeah there's definitely more more of more of that it's more relaxed than it used to be I think Yes, although there's still people on there who will complain that this is not Facebook or TikTok, I guess. But you've just got to ignore them. That's their. I yeah, think that's their they're not your. They're not your clients, and you've just got yeah. to, yeah, not let them bother you because it can do. I think when you first start out, if you get sort of the odd one or two snipey comments, it's just to ignore them yeah. and don't let it spoil your day. Don't let it stop you posting again because there'll be, you know, for everyone sort of moaner out there there'll be a hundred people you know love what you're saying yeah absolutely it tends to be the ones the moaners are the most vocal I think the thing that I have found <laughs> with, with with LinkedIn that, that annoys me quite often is how many people sell to me 
So how many people do come into my DMs? They will connect with me. And then a couple of days later, they're in my DMs. They're commenting on my posts sometimes with very salesy comments. And, you know, and then and then they're in my DMs sort of three times. And I just ignore them. (laughs) <laughs> which so is why I, I yeah which I don't know if that's the right etiquette or not but when they keep saying I'm just what is it you know bumping in this up to the top of your inbox and when have you got 15 minutes I'm like I don't have 15 minutes but you know every dm if I spent saying yes I'll have 15 minutes mm-hmm. that would fill my week which yeah and all they want to do is sell to you they're not remotely interested in you know sort of they don't half the time they don't even know what your business is about so yeah. yeah, I just tend to ignore, delete, or block them if they uh, just get too persistent. <laughs> yes, we we can do that. We we need to be able to do that in real life as well. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, that, that that's that's been really helpful. I think, especially on LinkedIn. Are there any any other platforms of organic platforms of social media that you have found success with? Um, not yet. I mean, Lou has only just she's just given up her editing um, job that was over the summer so now she's full-time so we've got sort of plans for next year to try and you know engage more on our Facebook and Instagram pages you know not paying for ads but just doing more of what we do on LinkedIn but on Mm. them Um, but again it takes time so you can't I think you do have to just choose one platform get a feel for what works best for you and then just focus on that because unless you can afford to pay you know someone else to look after each platform yeah you'd never get actually your your sort of proper work done (laughs) absolutely certainly that's that's what I advise people always is to start with one and do one well when that's and then when you've got the time to add more you can add more and it may be that the more that you add you're not quite as consistent on depending upon what you add but it's better to do one well than try and do three and do three badly um, exactly. and just post the same content across well, and not do any it. of them you... not engage or, or do anything on them yeah I mean I, I when I remember I do try and repurpose content um, but then I forget to go and check if anyone's you know sort of engaged with it so and then I don't go and engage in other people on Instagram so I, that, that's why for example I know that our Instagram page it's it probably could work but I just don't yeah but don't put the time in there yeah yeah, there's always so many things to do when you're running a small there business. There is so many things. You wear so many hats. <laughs> Which yeah, at is least fun. you can share the hat. <laughs> yes, and we, we can share the hat now. And uh, yeah, it's just knowing where where to put, you know, put the effort with limited hours in the day and sort of, you know, obviously a young family and whatnot. It's, you've got to just prioritise some things and just accept all those things that you, in an ideal world you would do. They're just not all going to get done. Yeah. No, absolutely. And so that takes us on probably quite nicely as to where people can find you, where they can find your gorgeous jewellery. <laughs> well, ideally on our website. Um, so it's www.hepburnandhughes.com. And we have a Facebook page, um, same, same handle, I think Hepburn Hughes, and same yeah. on Instagram. Um, or I'm on LinkedIn. So if you want to see me waffling on. <laughs> the most um yeah it's just my my name Zoe Wong Sam brilliant well I will link all of those in the show notes yes, so I people can, people can, can find you and certainly I would definitely encourage people um, if they're interested to uh, to connect with you on LinkedIn because uh, your your content is is 
hugely inspirational on there and the engagement oh, that you get you. is 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 fantastic so whether people are interested in your jewelry or just finding out how to use linkedin i would definitely uh, definitely follow you for yeah both of those I mean, reasons. I'm, I'm always a big advocate for people who may be on inst- you know product businesses or maybe on facebook and instagram and getting a bit frustrated with them i always say you can use linkedin it really just works for you Mm. And it's full of it's full of a lot of people on LinkedIn and not on the other social platforms as well. Um, and they're also um, often wealthier. So if you have got a higher value product, I think it's a, a great place to be. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think that's why we first started using it, because people said, if you want to find the blows, because we just wanted to sell cufflinks, mm. you know, your Facebook pages and Facebook groups you don't have a lot of blokes hanging out you might have you know their partners who think you know about you know a gift for them but someone said yeah go on LinkedIn that's where there's more blokes okay we'll try that um and then yes like you said there's more there's potentially people there with more money if you're selling you know the higher higher priced products yeah brilliant and then to finish off i've got some quick fire questions for you so uh this is a this is a podcast so uh obviously people listening to this like other podcasts usually as well and we're always interested to know if there are any good podcasts that we've missed so i'd love to know if you listen to podcasts what your uh, other than this one of course what your what your favorite podcasts are uh the one i listen to without fail every week is the dr chatterjee podcast yeah and I can't remember the exact title to it. Now it's like Live Well. I'll, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I can't remember. But, it, can, but I know yeah, which one you mean. Like, he's just amazing. Like his podcast, each each Wednesday morning they come out and they're usually about two hour long with some excellent, you know, excellent people on there. Um, just talking about all sorts of things. They're not, you know, some of them are sort of business related, but a lot of them it's, you know, they focus on sort of just looking after yourself. Mm lot about sort of you know the, sort of the, the mental health side as well so yeah so I, I love those uh, and I've just started listening to the um is it Steve Bartlett yeah diary of the CEO diary of the CEO that that's good as well I like him yeah yeah no I'm an avid listener of his podcast as well I only found it about a year ago when I started doing this actually and um uh, yeah he's got some great guests on he does doesn't he and I've, I've just listened to his book the I can't even remember the title of that oh yeah it's got some strange titles yeah something like that which put me off a little bit I'm not sure about that but actually the book's really really good because obviously it goes into how he sort of had this meteoric rise to sort of fame and uh, making his millions yeah well that probably brings me on to the second question which is your favorite business book if you have one uh, well, his books, that's one of the most recently read. Um, Atomic Habits. Yeah, that's again, always that's, a popular one. Yeah, very proper. And You Are a Badass. And again, I got put off by the title and the colour of the <laughs> the colour of the cover. But that's that's very inspirational. Um, I mean, obviously, they're sort of verging on personal development, maybe rather than business books. Um, but both of them are ex- excellent reads. I think they go sort of hand in hand. And I have heard of You're a Badass, and I can't remember who it's by. Can you remind me? Um, have I got it? I think that was an audible one. Oh, don't Joe, worry then. Joe's somebody. I'll, I'll, after this, I'll message you the links. We will put that in the show notes as well. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and um, and finally, a top piece of business advice that you could um, that you would give somebody either whether they're starting out or they're a couple of years into their business journey. Um, definitely have fun. Just yeah. because I think at the moment there's there's so much that could you know get you down, but I think it's just remembering why you're doing it and just you know find, find sort of the love in it. Um, and then also with my finance hat on, always make sure you keep on top of your cash flow. That um, is very good advice. Because I think for small businesses as well, it's, you can get caught up in all the sort of the fun, the sexy side of it. And ultimately, you want to make sure you've got money in your bank. So just either if you don't do it yourself, make sure you've got someone else looking after it for you. Do yeah, it's very easy to surprises. get caught up on, you know, likes and engagement on social media. But at the end of the day, that's not not what pays the bills. It's cash yeah. flow. Exactly. And it's just knowing what makes you money. Because, I mean, I'm still learning that at the moment. It's, you know, we have some products which I'm like, oh, I love these. But actually, when we sit down, they don't make us that much money. So I'm like, right, I need to stop, stop talking about those as much and focus on, you know, something else. So it's. Yeah, it's just always having that to the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Cash. Very good. Well, that's a very good place to end. So thank you ever <laughs> so much for your time today, Zoe. Oh, you're welcome, Marie. Thank you for having me again. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. That makes a massive difference as to whether Apple shows my podcasts more widely. And head over to my website, beyondthekitchentable.co.uk, where you can find all the ways you can work with me, whether you're just starting out, looking to grow your business or scaling it. And see you next week.